Check one, two. Hey, hey, yeah, 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 yeah. What's up? What's up? You think Lazarus is one of the only people to die twice? Jesus raised two other people. That's right. He raised the servant or the child. He raised the son of the widow yeah. and he raised the girl of the uh, army guy. Jairus? I think so. That's right. So there's been a few who have died twice. All right. You can do the intro. Jesus himself. All right. Twice. Start over. He, are you saying he didn't die, fully die the first time? He didn't die twice. Okay. I'm just talking about dying twice. Jesus died once. But was he born twice? No. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, good morning, everybody, or good afternoon. Whatever time of day it is, it mattereth not to me. Okay. But I just want to say hey. All right, no. Hey, guys, what's up? I am Woody. I'm Fade. This is the BSM Podcast, episode 22, I do believe. Mm. Peyton, what are we talking about today? Well, let's get right into it. Today we're talking about one of my favorite passages of Scripture, one of the most comforting, one of the most assuring. Um, John 11, the death and the resurrection. The resuscitation mm. of Lazarus. Mm. Mm. Mm -mm is right. We got a lot of scripture to read to you today. So we're going to get right into it. We're going to divide it into two portions. We're going to read the first. Uh, there's 44 verses. We're going to read 1 through 27, break it down, give you our thoughts as if that's important, right? Mm -hmm. And then we're going to read the other half and then give you more of our thoughts there. But let's get into this passage and let's break it down. I believe there's a lot to learn from it. Verse 1. Chapter 11 of uh, the book of John. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him, that's Jesus, saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of Man may be glorified through it. I can only imagine what the sisters were thinking at that point. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So, when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then, after this, he said to the disciples, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you, and are you going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this, this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, and so they were still misunderstanding him at this point, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he meant taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died, and for your sake I'm glad I was not there so that you may, be, you may believe, but let us go to him. So Thomas, called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. 
So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And she said to him, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. So, 27 verses. What do you want to ask you? What sticks out to you first from this passage? Well, I mean, you've got the, the background of this story. First off, you've got Lazarus, Mary, and Martha who are some sort of close friends with Jesus. So he had mm-hmm. some sort of relationship with them outside of just the discipling context. Maybe they were like family friends or whatever. Um, they didn't grow up in the same community. One were from Bethany and he was from Nazareth, but somehow he knew them. He was close to them. He loved them. Uh, and so we have that. And um, I guess what, what sticks out here is the, lack of urgency, it would seem like, in Jesus, Definitely. in his response here. Uh, because it said in verse 6, so when he had heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. That doesn't compute with us. Like, if no. we hear of something that's going on, a loved one is, is about to pass, it's like, call the family in. They're, mm-hmm. you know, getting on an airplane to, to get to you in time or whatever. Um, I can remember, just because this is so recent in my mind, just about a year ago, my dad had an accident where he fell and hit his head and traumatic brain injury and all that. And I was in my office writing a sermon for the first uh, message in the new year. Yeah. Um, and I got a, a my, I picked up my phone and I was, saw that someone was calling it said his store. And I was like, that's weird that I never see that. And so I just kind of had this feeling in, in my you know, stomach as I answer it. So bad news, he's at the hospital, all this stuff. And I just remember going to get in my car and I drove from, from here to LSU hospital and I probably got there in like six minutes. Um, so it was definitely not going the speed limit. Um, and, you know, you get there and you run into the waiting room and it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm here to see so-and-so and, you know, trying to get an update. And I'm driving there to get there as if I can do something for him, mm-hmm. right? He's in the hands of the professionals, um, the people who can best help him. And yet I feel like I've got to be there just to know what's going on mm-hmm. um, and, here with Jesus, it says that he stayed two days more doing whatever he was doing with his disciples. Um, and so you would beg to ask the question, like, did he care more about his disciples than he did about his best friends? Mm-hmm. Uh, what was more important to him, or why was he not seemingly worried about it? What yeah, do you think? I mean, when you just reread verse 6, it says this, So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. And the, the preceding verse says, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard it, he stayed where he was. That's, that is so, like you said, that's just, when it comes to us humans, it's like, like you just said, we're driving 90 on the, on the freeway trying to get to your dad, trying to f- get to the issue. More like 110. But 110? Sure. Anyways. Um, as I say, not as I do. Yeah. Go to the speed limit, wear your seatbelts. Yeah. Um, but... I think where this comes from is the fact, obviously, we know Jesus is sovereign. He's in control. Mm -hmm. He knows all things. He's in control of all things. So he's not bothered by this situation. Mm -hmm. Um, Bad news doesn't cause Jesus 
anxiety in the way that it mm-hmm. would us or stress or the response where we've got to hurry and do something. Mm-hmm. Because when you're God and when you're in control of it all, time is not something, it's not a factor that he has to put into the equation. What, what is it? And in fact, it probably played more in his favor when he would return and see that it said that he had already been in the tomb four days. Mm-hmm. Um, and the King James Version would say that he stinketh, right? Um, You're looking so, ahead, aren't you? Well, we'll get there. Uh, but, you know, the longer he waited, the more of a miracle it would be or seem to be to Mary and Martha mm-hmm. and to those who would observe it and to the disciples to see that he raises someone from the dead who's even past the point of like, just, you know, he needs to be resuscitated. Like he's already started to decompose in some sense. Mm-hmm. And yet God is still able to raise him. I like what you said. Jesus is unswayed by the events of, 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 what, of, of what happens in our lives. He's unswayed. He's unmoved. Nothing will move him. Jesus is in control of all things. And that's why, hey, Jesus moves at his own pace. He gets this news. Hey, I venture as much to say that he already knew this news, mm-hmm. and then they told him this news, and, and he already knew what he was going to do. And I also want to say this. Another point to Jesus' timing, this is right before the triumphal entry into Jerusalem, the week before that he was to be crucified, buried, and resurrected. So, I mean, this serves almost as like the exclamation point to these other folks prior to the crucifixion and resurrection. Um, of, hey, this, this is who I am, and, and this is what I will do. He who believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And so he puts his stamp on that and says, hey, I'm in control here. Sorry, you're going to have to edit that out. I just hit the table. Believe in it. Yeah, so for sure. And then like with his timing, it's not so much God doesn't care about us, uh, but it, it for, sur- for sure it shows us that God is more concerned with what will bring him the most mm-hmm. glory. Mm-hmm even if it means that we suffer a little, right? Yeah. I mean, you could even take recent events with uh, the guy from the Bills who you know, went into cardiac arrest on the field. Yeah. Who would have thought because of that you would have the NFL and ESPN and, and all these you know, showing people praying on TV, on, live mm-hmm. on air, um, all these people you know, raising money for him and for the foundations that he supported and stands for and um, just not – I'm not going to call it a revival at all, mm-hmm. but you've got a lot of people who are – slow to support God when everything is great, but then when yeah. it comes to a time of chaos, God is, like, I'm sure this, you know, is it Damar? Damar Hamlin. Yeah. Hamlin, like, would not have liked to have gone through this situation. Yeah. But it's resulting in God getting the glory and seeing, um, you know, how people are turning to God because of this. Absolutely. Displaying their faith, so. Absolutely. I think sometimes we go through things we'd rather not, mm-hmm. but... It ultimately, it brings God the most glory, mm-hmm. and that's what he's concerned about. Absolutely. He deserves it. All right, Woody, you want to take over 28 through 44? I think so. Let's do it. All right, so verse 28, and when she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, the teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, and, uh, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. And when the Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now when Mary came to where Jesus 
was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Shortest verse in the Bible. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he open the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb, and it was a cave, and a stone lay against it. And Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. And Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? And so he took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that I, uh, that you have heard me. And I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the man who had died came out, his hands and his feet bound with linen strips, and his face wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to him, untie him and let him go. That's great. You know, one of my mentors in Fort Worth told me this, there's a I don't know if it's attributed to Lazarus, but they said, he's, he told me that there's a tombstone out in, around Israel, around the area where Lazarus was from, and the tombstone reads, uh, here lies Lazarus, twice dead. And so um, I said, you know, because he died once, and then after this, obviously, he died again. I don't know if it's attributed to Lazarus' actual body, but yeah, it's just, it's just something cool to think about that, hey, Jesus actually did this. Hmm. And so... Um, a lo- what were you saying? I do like a twice-baked potato. <laughs> I'd rather not die twice, but no. <laughs> I'll take my potato two times. That's funny. Anyways, uh, well, the first thing that sticks out to me from this, from this portion of the text is this. Verse 32 says, Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Mm-hmm. This is almost like a picture of great faith, yet it's also kind of incomplete in its understanding. Yeah, she knew that he had the power to prevent him from dying, Mm -hmm. but she wasn't trusting in the process that he was bringing forth, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, Think about it. If you were here, Jesus, my brother would not have died. Think about that faith. I mean, that is like, Jesus, I know that you had the power, or you have the power to save him. But it, it, it fell just short because of the, the, the maybe, maybe the lack of understanding that, no, he was here to save him now, even after he had been dead four days. The reason it's four days, I believe Jesus waited just a bit longer. I might not be 100% correct, but I believe Jews thought that the soul of the dead person stayed around the body for about three days, right, after they had died. I believe that's what tradition held. Okay. Um, and then the fourth, the fourth day. What meant, do you believe, Peyton? The fourth day meant that he was dead, dead. Um, I, I think I don't know. I, I don't know what the sources say, but I, I've heard it. I've been taught that. Yeah. And so you got kind of a sibling thing going on here. Um, she says, you know, he has an odor, and she might have said that when he, while he was alive, right? Girls think that boys are stinky. 
My five-year-old <laughs> daughter said, all boys are stinky except for my daddy, and I agree with her. Um, <laughs> but here he, he was dead dead. That's right. So, What else sticks out to you? Um, again, you know, we have, right, so as I read this passage, I've got stuff in red, which is what Jesus said. Um, and he, he, he ha- it has recorded here his dialogue with God as he prays, mm. right? And he was saying, you know, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I said this on the account of the people standing around that they may believe that you sent me. So part of this is, of course, Jesus displaying the power that he has to do miracles that only God could do as evidence that he is God's son, right? So you have, and again, in the passage before that we read uh, the earlier verses, they're talking about going back to Jerusalem where it was saying that they wanted to, to kill Jesus, right? Yeah. right? This is all right before his triumphal entry, as you said. Um, and so in the, another part of this, you have Thomas, who is also called the twin. And I heard this, again, I don't know if this is 100% correct, mm-hmm. but they were to say not that he had a twin brother, but that he was the one who looked the most like Jesus. And so for these mm-hmm. disciples to say, let us go back with you to Jerusalem and be prepared to die, he's saying, like, I look like this guy. They could easily mistake <laughs> me for him. And, uh, you know, he's willing to go and be a part of this because he believes in the cause. Yeah. And, of course, he's seen these miracles that Jesus is doing, um, and he's doing them so that they might know that you sent me, that God had sent him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... You think of Thomas, like we always, we know Thomas is doubting Thomas. He had to see the holes in Jesus' hands. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's probably not, you know, ideal to remember somebody by their most negative um, recorded events. We want to think about the good things. And he was willing to go with Jesus to, mm-hmm. to even possibly be, be, be killed. Yeah, he gets a bad rap. Yeah. And, you know, some question that arises, you know, from, from the students here at Bel Air and, and, and I think just believers in general, is how could the Jews or people see this and still disbelieve, you know? Mm-hmm. How could they see that Jesus did these great miracles and yet still choose to, 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 to not believe in him? Well, if you look forward into chapter 12, beginning in verse 9, it says, When the large crowd of the Jews learned that Jesus was there, they came not only on account of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So... The chief priests made plans to put Lazarus to death as well because on account of him, many of the Jews were going away and believing in Jesus. Jesus just raised this man. And the unbelieving Jews said, we got to kill him again, as if that were to do anything. So when people ask, how, how could they disbelieve after seeing this? It's not so much so that they, they were going to believe because of the miracles. It's just because of their hardness of heart. Mm-hmm. They were stuck in their ways. They had this idea about what God would do when the Messiah came, how he would overthrow Rome, how he would lead the people of Israel into their promises. And, and to them, Jesus didn't fit the picture. Yeah. What passage is it that, because uh, here we have that Jesus wept for Lazarus yeah. and for potentially the hearts of these people who were witnessing this event. Uh, but also there's a passage that says that he, we- he wept for Jerusalem and oh, how, yeah. how he longed for them to accept him but their hearts were hardened they mm-hmm. they weren't going to believe in him uh, that's uh, that's in luke i believe he says how often would i have gathered you together like a like a hen with her with her uh children uh and that obviously it's not children but henlings yeah <laughs> chicks don't know what they are 
One more, one more point I'd like to make, and you just talked about it. Perhaps the most well-known verse from this passage is chapter 11, verse 35, where it says, Jesus wept. I said this at my grandmother's funeral on, on New Year's Eve, and, I, and I'll say it to you now. Jesus Christ, God incarnate, God in the flesh, knows our pain. He knows everything that's going on in your life, in our lives. And he is able to, to be with us through it and understand what we have experienced because he himself has experienced it as well. You know, think about it. Jesus gets there. He knows what he's about to do, right? He knows the power he's about to, to exert onto this dead body. He's about to raise it. Um, and yet these other people around him just fall short of that understanding. They don't quite get the full picture. So he looks at the state of the Jews who are weeping over Lazarus. He looks at the state of the sisters of Lazarus, the one whom he loved. And he sees the tomb where his friend lay. And in all of this, it says Jesus wept. Jesus is able to sympathize with what we go through because, as I said, he himself has gone through it as well. He's not somebody who says, you know, um, who, 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 is to is to say you should not cry or or you know somebody who who uh, disowns or disassociates because of the feelings that they experience he himself went through it mm-hmm. because he saw the state of humanity which is a state I will add that um, was not meant to be so to speak God did not create us to die and to you know go through all of this weeping we humans sinned. We messed it up in Genesis chapter 3. And so Jesus raises uh, Lazarus, and then he goes into Jerusalem. And then we go into the crucifixion, resurrection. Yeah, it doesn't tell us here, you know, we have the perspective of Mary and Martha, of the disciples, of Jesus, of the observers, the, the other Jews that are looking on. Um, we don't know what Lazarus thought about all this. It just says to... You know, they said to untie him and let him go. Mm-hmm. What kind of stories he would have told his his sisters and and uh, you know, what did he see? What did he experience? Um, don't have any answers to those things. It was just cool to think about. Um, you know, people would say that's why Jesus wept was because he he had to bring him back from paradise, and you know that's just kind of a guess. Yeah. Um, but you know, was he happy to be back, or was he like, oh man, why why did you bring me back to this? Like. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so it's good stuff. Well, I think we know why he did it. Jesus says himself, so that the Son of Man might be glorified. Mm. And so, preach. Uh, preach, brother. And I'll say this. I want to thank you for listening. I also want to say that uh, some of you listening to this might already know this Jesus, this Jesus who says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Um, and some of you, I hope you were encouraged by this. Others of you listening to this, uh, might not think you know this Jesus. You think, if I were to die right now, I believe I would go to heaven. Well, uh, the, the book of 1 John says, we write these things so that you may know that you have eternal life. Um, whenever you know Jesus, you can know for certain that you're going to heaven. And then there's yet a third group of you out here who might be listening, who know where you stand with God, and hey, it might not be on the right side, and you know that. I would tell you the same thing. Believe in Jesus. Look to him. Repent of your sins. And Paul says in Romans 10 that all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Jesus stands with open arms 
ready to receive you, and I ask that you would. Um, thank you for listening, Woody. You want to pray us out? Let's do it. God, we just uh, give you all the glory for uh, this day and this lesson that we've uh, talked about and, and read and studied. God, we just pray that you help us to apply it to our lives and uh, that we might live with a mindset to know the power of, of your Son, um, God, the work that you're doing in our lives, the ultimate plan and purpose that we live according to, though it may not be uh, our desire at times, God, we trust that it is uh, leading for our eternal good and for your, your pleasures and your glory. Uh, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. One more. I have one question. Don't go anywhere. Do you think that it was okay to say we weren't created to die? Yeah. Would you agree with it? Yeah. I mean, don't you always but in, in the, the but don't you think like in the plan of God